The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member at tntradio.live. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, golly, you don't say. We've only been saying since November 2020 that the election was stolen. And now, thanks to Yehuda Miller, we've got FOIA documents coming out, documents that had been requested through the FOIA process, the Freedom of Information Act process, where the government has to respond to you, although typically they'll respond with just pages and pages and pages of everything blacked out just to spite you. But these documents reveal a secret 2020 election day meeting with SISA, the Computer Infrastructure Security Agency, Dominion, ES&S, the makers of the machines and the software, ERIC, FBI, leftist organizations, state officials, and others. All on election day. You remember election day? The day they mysteriously stopped counting ballots, but only in certain states? And where counting resumed as soon as the Republican poll watchers left? Again, in those certain states. And how they kept counting and kept counting and kept counting in days after the election. Trucks were still arriving. We've got video of vans arriving at the Philadelphia Counting Center. I was there personally and witnessed some shenanigans in the counting room. They had put up cardboard construction board over the windows. But you see, and, and these people, you know, we, we can't attribute to them mastermind intelligence because they're really not. Their hubris will be their downfall. They're not nearly as smart as they think they are. The floor of the counting room was below grade. So here's the street level. Here's the floor of the counting room. And on the street level, the way the Philadelphia Convention Center is, is it's all up above. The whole big floor is one. It's on the second story, if you will. And on the ground level, there are streets going through because they didn't want to put this big traffic block in the middle of town. So there's tunnels, if you will. You actually go through the building. And so where the block is, you've got rooms, but those rooms are below grade. And the windows have little ledges. So all I had to do was step up onto an 18-inch ledge and look up. I'm 6'5", and I was able to look up right over, see in the counting room, saw everything going on. And what I saw was highly suspicious. What I saw was disturbing. Having been a, a poll watcher, an election judge, and an elected town meeting member in my town in Massachusetts. It wasn't a regular election, I'll tell you that. Safest, most secure ever? Absolutely not. But if we needed proof, and, and the weaponization of government committee, the ad hoc committee on the weaponization of government in the House of Representatives needs to get all over this. 
not just with hearings, although we do need hearings, because this needs to become, we need this to break through to the dominant narrative. The national consciousness needs to understand just exactly what the Democrats, in league with their leftist overlords, did in November of 2020. So I'm hoping that we're going to have hearings, we're going to have subpoenas, and we're going to have criminal referrals. Those criminal referrals won't be acted on, at least not until January 2021. This underscores why it is imperative that Donald Trump be reelected. He is the only one on the political scene that will actually address this and do something about it. The Republicans have a long and disgraceful history of saying, mistakes were made, bygones. The president himself said, and this was when he first angered us in January of 2017, when he referred to the Clintons after running on Lock Her Up and after getting us to vote for him because he was going to lock her up. And then he said, the Clintons are nice people. I'd hate to see anything bad happen to them. What? Wait, she committed felonies. She committed multiple felonies. So what if they're nice people? There's a lot of nice people that commit felonies. They still have to go to prison. These people need to go to prison. SISA, Dominion, ESNS, Eric, FBI, leftist organizations, state officials, and others, all colluding on election day in 2020 to interfere with the election. This is huge. I was not expecting this. We all knew what happened. I wasn't expecting that they'd actually own up to it. So good on Yehuda Miller, and we can't wait to see these documents. I'm Timothy Shea. This is The Reckoning. If you missed your favorite TV, TNT show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there's no reason to miss out on anything on today's news talk, TNT. There's a lot going on, so it's important to stay informed and up to date. Get ready, because here we go. At the top, 30 minutes past and when it breaks. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. As the Obiden Shea administration facilitates the greatest illegal alien invasion this nation has ever seen on the southern border, new concerns are mounting that illegals are finding alternative routes into the country via the unfenced northern border with Canada. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT News producer Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Wait a minute. You mean there's other ways to get into this country other than just the southern border? How did that happen? I'm just I've I've been so distracted lately. Yeah. See how that works. Um, yeah. So this is interesting. Uh, I got this lovely report right here, courtesy of Zero Hedge, uh, who put together some information for us. Uh, they say that new U.S. Customs and Border Protection data shows that more than 12,000 migrants were apprehended on the northern border last year, which is more than double the number from the year before of only 3,578. Well, that's a significant increase. Um, the New York Post uh, was first on this to report that most illegal crossings, uh, about 70%, uh, there have occurred along the 295-mile Swanton sector, which includes upstate New York, 
my birth uh, state of New Hampshire, and Vermont. Um, wow. Uh, earlier this month, Robert Garcia, the chief patrol agent for the northern border sector, posted this on X platform. Uh, since October 1st, 2023, Swanton sector border patrol agents have apprehended more than 3,100 subjects from 55 countries, more than fiscal years 2022, 2021, 2020, and 2019 combined. Uh, and the photo uh, attached to there shows uh, an early morning apprehension of four adult males from Bangladesh on February 1st near Moores, New York. Uh, that's what the chief patrol agent Robert Garcia had said. Uh, and then... He warns that, quoting here from uh, one of his posts, quote, the record-breaking surge of illegal entries from Canada continues in Swanton sector. A citizen's report in Champlain, New York, led to the arrest of 10 Bangladesh citizens. Agents rely on the vigilance of our community. If you see something, say something. And then they include an 800 number. Uh, experts told the NY Post that, quote, migrants who make it to Mexico and can afford a $350 one-way plane ticket from Mexico City or Cancun to Montreal or Toronto, that's in Canada, folks, are making their way south to cross the northern U.S. border, where they are less likely to be turned away than those who cross the southern border, end quote. On the northern border, migrants take advantage of border crossings with zero walls or fences. They simply just walk right into the United States, albeit it might be a cold walk. Uh, New York State Assemblyman Billy Jones, who represents Clinton County, recently warned, quote, the northern border has pretty much been ignored, end quote. The tick up in migrant encounters on the north northern border first came to the attention of Zero Hedge, apparently, uh, nearly a year ago when they wrote about it in an article titled Northern U.S. Border Encounters with Illegals More Than Double in Seven Months. So it appears that they tried. I encourage the viewers to check that article out. Uh, and then just a couple days ago, not that long ago, uh, a migrant smuggling ring in New Jersey was uncovered, which was busing, quote, dozens, if not hundreds, end quote, of migrants into the United States through the unfenced border between Quebec and Vermont. So, Timothy, as if we didn't have enough to worry about with the, the illegals pouring in from the south, we've got them pouring in from the north. Um, what's going to happen now? Are we going to see the same kind of uh, political fight? And, and, you know, is New Jersey going to stand its ground? I doubt it. But what do you think? Well, it's actually been a problem for a while. My grammar school and high school classmate, John Catco, even though I disagree with him on a lot of his actions, voting for impeachment hearings and uh, voting to certify the 2020 election, which we now know was definitively stolen. Uh, John was a, an assistant U.S. attorney here in the Northern District of New York. And he was all about border security on the northern border. You see, every state, it's not just the states out west, right? Washington, Idaho, Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. It's not just those states that border Canada. Uh, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine, as you mentioned, also do. But people don't realize that Pennsylvania does. Ohio does. Indiana does, Illinois does, because they can come here by boat, right? You can come across the Great Lakes. So every state along the upper 
line of the United States is technically a border state, although de facto, every state now is a border state because first Obama and now Biden are putting them in all 50 states, again, because of the replacement theory. This is their plan, demographic alteration of America to create a permanent Democrat majority. And you know that that's true because they howl like stuck pigs anytime you mention it. That's a conspiracy theory. Oh, really? Just like the jabs are killing people? A friend of mine told me today that her cousin, 49 years old, a marathon runner, is in the hospital with a stroke. She was double vaxxed and double boosted. She had four of those injections. One of the most healthy women that my friend knows, and now she's lying near death in a hospital with a, a clot in her brain. These people are evil. Human life means nothing to them. All they care about is power. And they must be stopped at all costs. And I mean all costs. Everybody needs to rise up and do whatever they can, peacefully, to oppose them. We need to speak out. We need to start voting our priorities. You cannot love America and vote for Democrats. It's as simple as that. Because voting for Democrats is voting to end America. What more evidence do people need for proof of what I say is true? That they hate me, they hate you, and they hate America. There's a little town called Derby Line, Vermont, which due to a surveying error, is actually in Canada. So when they fix the border, the border runs right through the Haskell Free Library, right through the middle of town. Because they thought the whole town was in Vermont, and it's not. Only half the town's in Vermont. So half is called Rock Island. The other half is called Derby Line. And right, the line, the border runs right through the Haskell Free Library. It used to be. You could just go in the library and go in the front door, walk out the side door, you'd be in Canada. And that wasn't a big deal because you used to just be able to walk down the street. You know, walk up the street go to a restaurant that was in Canada, walk back. There was no border crossing or anything. Now it's a serious border. You can look it up, look at Darby line, Vermont, and you'll see that they've turned it into an actual border. And in order to exit the library out that side door, you have to show your passport and you have to go through formal uh, border entry procedures. These aren't the old days. If you want to know what it was like when I was a boy, go watch the movie Niagara with Marilyn Monroe used to be able to just bicycle back and forth. Kids in Niagara Falls, New York, used to bicycle across to the falls and, and back. Uh, my dad used to bring us back and forth all the time. You'd stop at the, at the, it was like a toll booth. It wasn't an armed border. It was like a toll booth. You stop and say, you're a resident? Yes. Why are you here? Well, the falls froze over, so we want to go see him. Okay. Enjoy the view. You know, it was as simple as that. Now you basically get a cavity search. They've got the dogs, the whole thing. So Northern border is secure, but not across its entire length. There are literally hundreds of miles, over a thousand miles that's unpatrolled. It is patrolled electronically, but again, what good is that when you have a border patrol that's ordered to stand down, not detain, simply, take them in and 
catch and release. So we don't have a northern border either. We don't have a southern border. We don't have a northern border. And pretty much, Adam, we don't have a country. We well, Timothy, I've been thinking. Yeah, I was thinking that this is just a side effect. This is like the 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 um the disease from a virus, and we need to see what the actual virus is. What's the root cause of all this mass migration taking place all over the world? And I think you already hit upon it earlier, but you know, most would say that's just a conspiracy theory, Timothy. No, of course. Well, we know things are true when they tell us it's a conspiracy, Adam. Thanks for another great story. Last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited to the United States. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice, broadcasting and covering the entire two days if required. Then TNT will broadcast from various locations throughout London. Also, the London premiere of The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, will be at Rio Cinemas on Sunday, 18th February at 1 p.m. The film will be followed by a panel discussion and Q&A with Tariq Ali, who's confirmed, Christian Praffinson, confirmed, and hopefully Stella Assange. To find out more, go to Google and search for The Trust Fall, Julian Assange, London premiere. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT. TNT's Pervoye Morich. He details factually how Russia is rolling out the algorithm ghetto. Um, you know, the, the, the multipolar edition of the algorithm ghetto, a prototype of a traffic light that records traffic violations by a pedestrian at a crossing was tested in Moscow. So Russians now, they'll, they'll have a, the government will take a snapshot of their face and then run that through the databases to figure out who is who and then find them. Uh, I suppose. Uh, and then, you know, he, he points out that there are a lot of developments now. Moscow 2030, it's, it's uh, they want to make uh, Moscow achieve smart city status. Uh, and there's just, you know, you, you look at the white papers, Moscow and Russia are all in on Agenda 2030, smart cities, algorithm ghetto, digital IDs. Pervoy Morich on today's News Talk TNT. This is generally the view of people, oh, we don't know much about Assange. Well, you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing. Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder and crueler spaces. He has been detained since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another. And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonist. He has to answer for what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes. The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of them. We now have confirmed that there were plans to 
kidnap Julian here in the centre of London or even assassinate him. No one who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero. What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time. He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this. He then hesitated, visibly troubled and searching for words. And then he finally said, please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him. If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald eagle. If you think Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker, I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception. A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Chris Downey is the founder and director of VaxCalc Labs, the informed consent technology company. VaxCalc's purpose is to create a happier, healthier, more scientific, and more resilient world by empowering each individual to make their own vaccination decisions with the tools, technology, planning capability, research, and community they need to do it. VaxCalc is the first business that celebrates vaccine hesitancy, providing a structured process, compassionate support, and a global online community for informed vaccination decision-making. VaxCalc expresses Chris's dream of creating a powerful force for good in the world by overcoming censorship, strengthening and spreading freedom, and creating community. A veteran health freedom advocate for two decades, Chris did his own research to protect his children from excessive over-vaccination and the one-size-fits-all dogmatic thinking that affects many pediatricians. This led him to volunteer from 2007 through 2018 as the Volunteer Director of Innovation for the National Vaccine Information Center, NVIC. In 2016, he fought successfully to protect and preserve Virginia's religious exemption. Chris is also a full-stack software developer, open-source contributor, and dot-com boom-boop-strapper. Based upon his deep understanding of software and bleeding-edge work with emerging AI technologies, Chris has become the AI point guy for many concerned about this new technology revolution. You can follow him on X at VaxCalc and go to VaxCalc.org for more information. I'd like to welcome to The Reckoning for the first time, Chris Downey. Thank you. 
Chris, there's a lot of overlap between us. I, too, advocated for restraint with my children's vaccinations. We hmm. had our pediatricians spread them out. This was back in the late 90s, so they weren't getting as many as they were today. But I still didn't like how they were going to you know, give bolus administration a four or five shots at one visit. I said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to spread right. that out. And that's what they did. Uh, last night, we had Walker Muller from the law firm of Siri and Glimstad on uh, talking mm -hmm. about using EEOC as a method, as a prerequisite to being able to sue if you've lost your job because you refused to take the jab or you were forced to take the jab to keep your job and ended up vaccine in injured. So right. this, is a, this is a topic that we're going to be like a dog with a bone on. We're not going to get off this until there are fundamental structural changes and informed consent again becomes the law of the land and the miscreants are held accountable. So I want to commend you for all the great work you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, I, I completely agree with you. Our experience is very much, very much the same. And what led you to dig in and realize that maybe something was wrong with the <clears throat> schedule your pediatrician was recommending for your children? You know, that, that's a great question. You know, it was back in the early 2000s and, you know, I thought I was pretty smart. I read The Economist and didn't think much about vaccines. I probably would have been a full vaccinator or close to it. But it, as we went around interviewing pediatricians, you know, I, I learned that the hepatitis B vaccine was recommended to be given mm -hmm. on the very first day of life. And so it's like, what is hep B? Oh, that's like, you know, prostitutes, drug users. So I would ask it, why, why would you give a newborn the hep B vaccine? And, you know, each one of the pediatricians who were, they were so friendly, so professional, they were all really good. All of a sudden, you know, this wall just came down and they, and they just related to me very different on that question. And they would tell me things that just didn't relate to my daughter's life at all. Things like, well, she might get bitten in daycare. So it's like, well, okay, she's not going to daycare. So why do you want to do this? And hopefully she won't be bitten by a prostitute or a drug addict in daycare. No, no, exactly. So I, you know, I just, I, I left each meeting. And if the kid that bites her is vaccinated, how's my daughter going to get uh, no, happy? True. I left each meeting thinking that, you know, there's something they're not telling me. They, mm -hmm. It's either they've been lied to and they know they're not giving me good information or they're lying to me. And it really bothered me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So well, that's, on that's you for using your discernment you. and, and exercising your 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 priestly vocation over your family. That was that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and then it just it got, you know, I, I, when my daughter was 12 months, she had a very serious, uh, potentially fatal reaction to peanuts. And, okay. and that got me going even more, you know, just looking very carefully at every single thing that went into her body. And as I was looking, you know, reading food labels in a way I never had before, all of a sudden I realized, you know, I haven't looked at what's inside these vaccines. And it was time to do that. And then as I, as I was digging into the package inserts, like, you know, wow, there's all kinds of things in here. I, I can't even pronounce this. I don't know what these chemicals and biologicals are. And then I, as I was digging even deeper, I found that like there was no safety standard for any of those things that are being injected. And, and no testing either. That's right. I had a leg up because my education is in biology and chemistry. Right. Um, so at least I, I had that leg up. But good luck trying to find 
information on the packs package insert for the mod RNA injections. It's literally a blank piece of paper. So informed no, consent is just right out the window. No, it's it's really bad. It's really bad. And then, you know, I started to see how you know people who are asking questions were treated like they're really stupid. Exactly. And, and, and they're being bullied and all these things just it, it just made me really angry. And, you know, because I'm a dad, I had to become a freedom fighter. And then and I had to figure out how can I dedicate my life to this? So well, let's talk about that, how you did that yeah. after these headlines. You're listening to The Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. Oh, yeah. We interrupt the regular programming to bring you some breaking news. Breaking news. Flash. Now, TNT Radio News. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Chief Justice John Roberts has asked the Justice Department to address former President Donald Trump's claim of presidential immunity in relation to his January 6th case in Washington, D.C. The Mitchell Institute for Aerospace Studies, based in Washington, has released a report suggesting that the U.S. Air Force should integrate manned combat aircraft with next-generation drones, termed Collaborative Combat Aircraft, or CCA, to achieve air superiority in potential conflicts with China. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. Chris, I love hearing you say I'm a dad, so I had to become a freedom fighter. A dominant meme in our culture is don't mess with Mama Bear. And not to take anything away from Mama Bear, we love Mama Bear. But you really don't want to mess with Papa Bear. Like Mama Bear deals with most things, but if Papa Bear has to get involved, you better bar the door. <laughs> oh, that, that that's that's exactly how I feel. You know, even and, and now it's like I'm doing it for future grandkids and future great right. grandkids. And and everyone else, you know, it's like when you when you're a dad and you see other people's children suffering, you know, that you you feel that pain too. And you know, when, whenever you can help someone, it's just it's very inspiring. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm a native of upstate New York, and Onondaga County is the central tribe of the five, the original five, uh, and then later six with the addition of the Tuscarora, the, the five nations of the Iroquois Confederacy. And one of their precepts is, is something that is just, you, you get it by osmosis up here, and that's the idea that whenever you have to take a, a decision, and this particularly applies to government officials, you have right. to consider not your children, not your grandchildren, not your great-grandchildren, but seven generations hence, people that you wow. will never even know. And you have to make your decision today, right. considering the welfare of those people seven generations down the line that you have no possibility of ever knowing. Well, I'm from Syracuse, where are you from? You get out. I'm from I am Syracuse. In, Don't tell no me you're kidding. one of the Downies from Holy Family. No, no, but uh, I went to school know. with the I went to school with John Downey, and he was one okay. of uh, fourteen. No kidding. I went to Genesee Hills Elementary School. I uh, lived in Swiss Village Apartments, Dewitt, New York area. Okay. So we, yep. Yeah, we probably. I was from the West up. Side. Okay. Very cool. Now I, I love what you're saying about the seven generations. I mean, we need to think about that in terms in terms of health in terms of what we're doing with vaccines. Uh, I mean, I see a world in the future that we're really gonna have to get to where we move from a mandatory mass vaccination system to 100% voluntary. You know, there's just, there's so many risks, not only to the individual, 
but to your entire society of having everyone do the exact same thing for what they call health. I mean, imagine the supply chain issues, what could be put you know, inside of the vaccines when you don't know where any of these ingredients are being produced from. I mean, we already see people who can't get their ADHD medications because of supply right. chain issues, right? There are so many problems that could come, so many big mass vulnerabilities that are being created because someone, you know, the public health people and other, you know, greedy people want everyone to do exactly the same thing. But one size fits all has never worked. I mean, it doesn't work for diets. It doesn't work for education. It doesn't work for your clothes, your shoes. I was going to say, if it doesn't work for shoes, it shouldn't it work for, for medicines. Exactly. And, you know, they try to make us feel as though we're all Charlie from It's Always Sunny and Philadelphia with the post-it notes and the string running between the post-it notes. And that's why they have a movie with Mel Gibson called Conspiracy Theory. And they want to put this idea out that people who connect dots are crazy lunatics. Right. This has been going on a long time, though. I People, people say, you know, connect. when they call me a conspiracy theorist, I say, no, I'm a pattern recognition expert. And I've that's seen right. I mean, the pattern. You know, when you look at detective shows, people who connect dots solve crimes. Yes. That's, yes, that's what we're doing. And, and this goes back, I hold, this is a personal opinion, I'm not seeing anyone else talk about it, but daylight savings time serves no practical purpose mm -hmm. other than to habituate people to modifying their lives because of something the government told them to do. There's no rationale for moving the clocks ahead every spring and back every fall. The myth now is that it was a remnant of an agricultural age, but that's not true because farmers actually opposed the imposition of daylight savings time. And when was daylight savings time instituted? During the progressive era, where we also mm -hmm. got the Federal Reserve. We also got the income tax. We also got all the other things that came along with that agenda. These people never went away. They just went underground, popped up in the 60s, and now we are seeing the fruits of the trees and the vines that were planted in the 1910s and the 1960s. Right. That's that, that's that's really interesting. I didn't realize that. I'll, yeah, I mean, think about it. Why? What purpose does it serve? I mean, now, okay, the golf industry loves it because people can go out and play 9 or even 18 after work if they skip out of work a little bit early. But that's just a side benefit. That's not why we did it. It's no, not why yeah. we've been doing it for 110 years. We've been doing it because the government says jump and the people have to say how high. I mean, you're, you're reminding me of so many things. I mean, there's so many things that are, people are told to do. that If you look at it, there's a, more of a control reason or more of a get used to doing this, listening to us reason like well visits. Why should you take a healthy baby into the doctor every few months? That right. doesn't really make any sense. Oh, we well, we know why, right? So that, that's when they get, yeah. that's when each visit they get their five, six, seven, eight, nine, possibly yeah. 10, you know, vaccines. Getting it's, people used uh, to fine. In the diabolical aspect of it, and I, I truly believe this is diabolical. I, I, I believe mm. this is inspired by, by malign forces. Absolutely. Uh, is that, now they're messing with our DNA. I yeah. warned in May and June of 2020, before the vaccines were even available, that there was danger to this technology. 
I specifically warned, uh, warned of the formation of plasmids, which are circular rings of DNA that exist in the cytoplasm, because reverse transcriptase could turn that modified RNA into DNA, and the DNA could form a ring, and now you've got a plasmid, and now that's heritable. And mm. that's exactly what's happening. Wow. And it's not that I'm any genius. I just had a bachelor's of science uh, and a year and a half in grad school and some post-grad uh, classes that I took at Harvard Extension School, but I had a basic understanding of the technology and anyone with a basic understanding of the technology knew these dangers, which just I mean, leads you to question, the people that are the so-called experts, how could they say that they didn't know this? If someone you know, with a basic education- I think, I think what we're discovering is experts are some of the most stupid people when it comes to common sense, safety, precaution, that that there are because they are in some ways narrowly so smart that they don't know the boundaries of where they are no longer smart so they think they it's, need to run everyone's life you know it's sort of what what does taleb say uh, intellectual yet idiot iyis yes and there's a lot to that and, and now layer on top of that people that received their diploma but never got an education they got in because they were selected they checked the right combination of boxes in the right order and so right. they were admitted to elite institutions and now they're pointed to these people are walking morons and they're pointed to as some oh but he was graduated summa cum laude from harvard it's like yeah well that's a knock on harvard that's not a compliment to him you're right. listening to the reckoning on tnt today Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Yesterday, for the second year in a row, Joe Biden skipped the traditional pre-Super Bowl interview. It would have exposed him to 60 million people, a chance to rebut what the special counsel said about his memory and, and other things. And it comes as no surprise that he skipped it. What comes as a surprise is what Jake Tapper said on CNN. People misspeak. I get it. I misspeak. But part of the job of president is the... the having the confidence of the American people in your faculties. Forget what Robert Hur said in the report. This is President Biden speaking publicly. Do you understand why some Democrats, according to polls, a majority of Democrats are concerned? And then Tapper addressed the missed Super Bowl opportunity with Democratic Congressman Robert Garcia. For instance, he's not doing the traditional Super Bowl interview with the network that's hosting the Super Bowl, which this year is CBS. I understand not doing it last year with Fox. This year it's CBS, and he's, he's not doing that. That sends a signal to people. What is he afraid of uh, when it comes to doing that interview? I mean, he's not afraid of anything. I mean, oh, first, uh, the, the president's got a busy schedule. I mean, who cares if he's not doing the Super Bowl interview? It's not that people care about it, uh, whether or not it is a Super Bowl interview. It's, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity to speak to tens of millions of Americans. And uh, I, I have it under good authority that this year there are going to be a lot of Swifties watching. Uh, that's a lot of women uh, and men. Good for Tapper. Shame on shameless Garcia. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal. Just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness, confidence, machismo. Why settle for being real when you can be normal? The Normal Maker, new from Be Normal. This item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal. We're all different. What we like, how our brains work. In fact, one in five of us live with mental illness. Don't filter who you are. Start by talking to someone you trust. And remember, there is no normal. 
The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Chris, your last comment really resonated. I don't know whether you saw Tucker's uh, speech at the, I don't know, the World Congress Forum. Uh, He was on stage. He was with a a man who appeared to be of Arabic extraction. There were a number of Arabs with the traditional dress in the audience. And and Tucker said exactly what you just said. He said Mm -hmm. that the, the man asked him who he thought would win the election. Tucker said, I don't know. I'm I'm not omniscient. I have no idea. There's a lot of different factors. It's it's a very fluid and complicated situation. So I I can't give you a prediction. And the man said, that's impressive because very rarely do you hear anyone, particularly someone in a position of authority, say that they don't know. And Tucker said, well, those people scare me. He said, and that's the experts scare me. The people who say, shut up and do it. I'm an expert that have no conception of their own limitations. Those people are dangerous. Tucker said, very dangerous. he's absolutely correct. And there's a lot of them and they tend to be attracted to positions in government or, you know, or they get into professions, maybe originally wanting to do good, but then they get full of themselves or they get greedy. Um, And, you know, one of the things that, at VaxCult, we try to help people understand and to do is that they don't need to become experts, right? That you don't need to know, you know, everything about vaccines. We need, like, what we help you do is understand some fundamental principles, you know, help you understand how to interact with doctors that are pushy and bullying you. And that's really, really critical. Like, here's an example, like a fundamental principle would be skin, is skin in the game. You know, how do you recognize who has skin in the game? Your doctor does not. You know, so when with skin, skin in the game is what, you know, whether or not you should trust someone, right? If you, if you do what they say, they benefit, but if you are harmed or your child is harmed, they pay no price. So they have no skin in the game. And so all you have to do is recognize that. And then you can figure out how much you need to trust them regardless of their expertise. Sure. And it's not necessarily that the pediatrician is someone evil, but they have been trained <clears throat> Yeah. From medical school on to this is the way we do it. And this is what the boards require. So the board of pediatrics. And now I say that the insurance companies and ultimately Obamacare legislation are the uh, biggest problem facing our healthcare system, because now you've got insurance companies saying if you go outside the accepted uh, standard of care, Mm-hmm. as established by the insurance companies, right. then you're open to personal liability. Your malpractice insurance won't cover any potential harm that you cause a patient. So that wow. gets the that gets the practice of medicine narrowed in just to what the insurance company will cover. And how does the insurance company get paid? Well, you have to use an ICD-9, ICD-10 diagnosis code. And who creates those? Well, that would be the World Health Organization. Right. I mean, that's really good. I mean, our the pediatricians we've had have been wonderful. They have incredible compassion and support. But when it comes to vaccines, they're no longer practicing medicine. Right. You know, they're, they're told what they need to do, and they try to get you to do what they need you to do. And you know, another another thing that we really want people uh, to understand is uh, with when it comes to doctors and, and medicine is is that everyone should understand the concept of a healthcare roundtable. So like you know, a roundtable from King Arthur's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what you do is you find 
other health modalities like a chiropractor, a homeopath, uh, expert in Chinese medicine, a naturopath, and you get create relationships with all of them and make sure that you can call on all of them as needed. Don't just have one pediatrician. That's crazy. You get kicked out of their practice and all of a sudden you have nothing. You know, we, we need right. second opinions, third opinions. And I found that some of the best doctors, best MDs are ones that are trained outside of this country. Like we we uh, met with one that was trained in Africa and he does not trust big pharma here at all. Very independent minded man. Or osteopaths, one of the smartest doctors I know. She she blew away her her boards in anesthesiology. She had higher scores than any of her professors. Uh, she was an osteopath. She's a DO, not an MD. So yeah. those people are worth looking at as well. Mm, absolutely. Did you want to talk about um, any like AI stuff? Or? I do. I want to. In fact, I was going to say we have another area of overlap. I, too, was a dot com boom bootstrapper. I had a, wow. a company that worked with uh, Siebel Systems. It was a, a, a diagnostics uh, platform people. for people with Siebel I, Systems. I remember them. OK, yeah. Yeah. We, we, and we, uh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, no, what we did back then was analyze discussion uh, through very early versions of artificial intelligence. So it wasn't called that. It was called machine learning then. It was right. You could, you could get software from IBM for $30,000 and it wasn't very good. You know, it, it's it's like not even a toy compared to what you have today. Right. And of course, Noam Chomsky over at the MIT Media Lab, that's where a lot of this stuff came out. It, it's terrifying. The not the technology itself. The technology itself is fascinating. What's terrifying is that we've advanced the technology beyond our ethical understanding of the implications of using the technology. Right. And that's that's a really good point. Um, so how you know, how do you address that? It's I think with any technology, you know, we need to come to it with with wisdom and understanding that our society is not going to use it in a wise way. I mean, if you look at pretty much all the amazing things we have, including medicine, are used unwisely. I mean, vaccines could be quite helpful in certain situations, but they are used very, very unwisely. Um, now, with you know, with AI today, you know, we're there's two things to keep in mind. It's you can, it's for most of the public. Unfortunately, it's going to reduce the thinking capability, probably from a fifth grade level to a third grade level. Okay, and then. What the way to to take advantage of AI or with chat GPT is to use it to help you ask better questions, because the better questions you learn to ask, you'll you'll get better answers. And really, that's people that don't ask questions. No, it, well, certain, yeah, they, or, or they they'll ask very superficial questions, assuming yeah. that whatever answer they get is is correct. But you need to keep in, in a way it's 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 simple you need to keep asking why sort of like you know, ask why five times just keep asking it well right. why why do you say this where do you get this information from and you will get to a point with chat gpt where it will get into this loop where it just repeats itself and then you'll know that you got to the bottom of what it knows its assertion but it does not know its own bias it doesn't have that self-reflective capability none and grok is just as bad a friend of mine uh 
his he takes to posting we have mm-hmm. i got a, a group text thread and he takes to posting these interactions he has with grok and, and right. grok will get something very basic and fundamental completely wrong and then but just insists that it's right and so what scares me with this application of ai to healthcare is that yeah. all it does is reference wikipedia and mm-hmm. the cdc and who so how do we get ai to accept vaccine truths and not just repeat what official sources say okay that's exactly what we're building and it, it that's that is such a perfect question and it, it's it's not easy to do this the the first thing to understand about you know ai that everyone is using is that you've heard of the llms right the large language model that's what yes. chat gpt sits on top of that's sort of like a massive book that contains the entire open internet and and a chatbot like chat gpt is uh incredibly good at knowing everything in that book and it can get the answers boom really fast now the only problem is is that the creators they have to give different websites different ratings or, or weightings so and one of the things that just like open- google's algorithm will weight yeah. websites with a bias right and and open ai has been very you know very transparent about how they how they weight various websites so for example u.s government agency sites are, are given like the top rating or weighting for uh sources of truth which we know is if you're looking for good health information that's a pretty big mistake so yeah. what we need it could be so- a fatal mistake right so what we do is we first of all disconnect from anything that's owned by big tech or open AI. So in, in software, there's a thing called open source, and it has a history of being created and run by, um, by volunteer so- software developers. They, they volunteer to create things out of passion or love uh, or rebelliousness, or because they don't want big tech to have total control over something, they, they want to control it themselves. And there are a number of large language models or medium and even small ones that you can download and just pretty much own yourself. You can bring it to your machine and it completely disconnected from big tech, even disconnected from the internet. And that's what you start with. And there's a lot you can do with something called prompting. Uh, I don't know how much our audience is going to know what prompting is, but basically prompting is, so I write a piece of software and the software you know, provides a, a, a interface for a user to chat with this large language model. And I have in my software a system prompt, which tells the AI like it's what it's supposed to do. For example, it might be called assistant. And I, I would tell it something like, OK, assistant, you are responsible to help the user apply informed consent principles. And then I tell it what that means, the right to know all the risks. Mm-hmm. and to make a free choice you know, to vaccination. And uh, you should refrain from saying vaccines are safe. Uh, you, know, you should refrain from stating that they are effective. And then you, tell it, then you tell it what it can do. In a way, it's like taking a 10-year-old child who is very, very smart, but needs to be given guardrails. You create those guardrails, you give it a mission, and you tell it what to do, but you have to monitor it. So you know you need to watch those responses, see the questions that are going in, see the questions that are going out. So that's like one layer. There's a whole lot more. Um, like At a deeper level, we would create a knowledge base of all kinds of things, PDFs, 
um, websites that are structured in a way that you could aim the uh, LLM at it and have it analyze it and see the relationship between the different pages or concepts. And you could tell it to restrict itself to that content and give answers from that. So it's amazing what we're able to do. We can do com things completely independent of big tech. And that's great for people with a programming background or the interest to learn how to do it. But what about the average housewife or dad who, who comes home and he, the doctor's telling, you know, mom says that the doctor says that Johnny and Janie need these shots. The dads, I'm not so sure about that. How can VaxCalc help them using this AI tool and the prompting that you just mentioned to go right. get good information as they would if they were looking up anything on the internet, something easy. Right. No, that's that's a that's a really good question. Thank you so much for asking that. Um, I like for if it, if we're talking right now, the best thing to do is to visit our website, get on the email list because this technology I'm talking about is coming out in a few months, and I'll be looking for people that want to try it out. It's sort of like Excellent. a beta test. Yeah, and and that will be really important. Um, but even. I think the thing to do is, you know, whether it's now or five years in the future, just really get related to some fundamental principles. You know, one of them, they need to question everything. They need to, they need to, they need to be, they keep in mind how important it is to be able to reference original source documents. And that includes anything coming from VaxCalc, from me, from any informed consent organization, anybody. You know, it's no different than going to a, a lawyer, but you know, you should really read the constitution yourself too. So you know sure. what your rights are. Well, and, and you it, folks are transparent and that's something they should look for is transparency. If somebody's not being transparent with you, that should be a big red flag. No, abs absolutely. And, and also a big red flag, anyone telling you what to do. Yes. Or shaming you for not or doing shaming. what they say you should be doing. Right. I mean, you know, the thing is like freedom requires courage. And, you know, most of our healthcare is set up to sell everything by fear. Mm -hmm. And so we're not going to remain free until we have the courage to take some risks, to take the risks of saying, no, I'm not going to take these particular vaccines. We're not giving these particular vaccines to our children. And then they're going to, you know, you might hear, well, you're putting everybody at risk. It's like, well, you know, that that may be true. I mean, maybe they'll get chicken pox right but are you kidding me we we had to go over to tom anderson's house to play with them until we got chicken pox that's right but there's but there's no you know there's no free lunch and that's another right. principle as well you know parents need to push back at their doctors there is no free they, lunch if they take the vaccine there's going to be a, a cost for that whether it's seen or unseen unseen exactly and there's risk to everything encourages contagious I can't thank you enough, Chris, for coming on tonight, explaining what you're doing. It's really exciting. VaxCalc.org, at VaxCalc on X. I'd love to have you back again to talk more as the technology develops and as you get closer to your rollout. And next time you're in Syracuse, give me a shout. I'll stand you to a couple conies and a birch beer out at Hyde's. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you. This was fantastic. You're welcome. That's it for tonight's Reckoning on today's News Talk TNT. Stay tuned for the Hervoye Moritz Show. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.